Hello, you're listening to Wait, How Do You Spell That? A rare disease podcast. My name is Colby, and I'm the content manager here at Patient Worthy. And today we have a pair of very special guests from the National Organization for Rare Disorders, also known as NORD. NORD, for those who may not be familiar, is a patient advocacy organization for people living with rare conditions. And today we're going to be discussing the upcoming Living Rare, Living Stronger NORD Patient and Family Forum. And to help today, our guests are Rebecca Awney, the Director of Education Programs at NORD, and Jack Timberley, a member of the NORD Patient and Family Forum Planning Committee and member of the Fanconi Anemia Adult Advocacy Council. Rebecca, Jack, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Colby. Thank you. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on today and talk uh, about the Patient and Family Forum. I know the two of you must be very busy planning for the big day. Yeah, we're so excited. This will be actually our second virtual year of the Living Rare, Living Stronger NORD Patient and Family Forum. Um, but we had an awesome committee help us, you know, plan fresh topics that are relatable and relevant to the lives of patients and caregivers living with rare disease. So, you know, I'm lucky to have Jack on that committee uh, helping us think through, you know, what are real opportunities to connect uh, virtually with one another and how can we ensure that this program enriches the lives of participants? Yes, and one of the great things about NORD is they really want to make sure that they involve and include uh, those people that they serve directly onto the planning committee for such a, a big event. So I'm, I'm honored to be able to represent the, the rare disease community from the patient side. And so it's, it's been quite the journey. Yeah, there's a well-known motto in, in the patient advocacy space. Uh, never for or about us without us. So it's really important to have Jack and other voices from the community uh, who are patients and caregivers. We even have a representative from the Undiagnosed Diseases Network mm-hmm. in hopes that the Living Rare, Living Stronger Forum can become the conference home for those who are still on this long, arduous diagnostic odyssey and are still living undiagnosed too. Okay, well, thank you. And and to start with, let's let's just get into it. Rebecca, could you give us a little introduction to NORD for people who may not be familiar with the organization? Sure. So NORD is short for the National Organization for Rare Disorders, as Colby said. And we are the leading independent patient advocacy organization representing all patients and families affected by rare diseases. So NORD is actually an umbrella organization with more than 300 patient organization members. So we, along with all of those patient advocacy groups, work together and are committed to the identification, treatment, and cure of rare diseases. And we come together and fight through education, advocacy, research, and also patient services. So NORD is about 38 years old and began as a small group of patient advocates that formed a coalition to unify and mobilize support to pass the Orphan Drug Act of 1983 to really try and drive treatments, treatment development, and eventually cures for rare diseases. The Patient and Family Forum event is taking place this year on June 26th and 27th 
leading into the annual Rare Impact Awards on June 28th. I know there's a lot to cover with this event, and the program schedule looks absolutely packed this year. So I'll just open up the question to both of you. Uh, Can you give us an idea of what people can expect at this year's event? We want to provide so many special opportunities whenever we can bring the entire Rare community together. So for instance, uh, we have a jam-packed schedule of two days of educational sessions that Saturday and Sunday. We also wanted to ensure that we could bring in some wellness activities for folks to just take a breather in between all of the content and do a guided meditation or participate in chair yoga. Uh, We also have kids activities through Project Sunshine's teleplay program that will be offered on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, But we're kicking off first on Friday afternoon, the 25th, with a kickoff concert by Red Grammar, who is a Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter who will be providing family-friendly entertainment for the whole community. But I'll let uh, Jack talk about some of the networking opportunities, one-to-one, and um, some discussion group activities. One of the best things about these conferences um, that North puts on is really the culmination of both the educational sessions. And so you get the, the balance of the science and the medical progress balancing that with the family activities and the wellness activities and self-development and community engagement. It's, it's really powerful to be able to have both of those different aspects of living with rare disease come together and to bring together hundreds of rare disease families and patients and doctors and researchers together. It's, it's quite special. Yeah, I think there's a real power in removing some of the isolation of living with rare disease, Mm -hmm. especially with the additional isolation of living with rare disease in a pandemic. (laughs) Right. Um, But there's a real power of bringing people together with others who who get it. It really is. I was diagnosed with my genetic disease, Bancone anemia, uh, at the age of three, and I went about uh, 15 years or so without really getting involved in the rare disease community. So when I went to my first adult meeting hosted by the Fanconi Anemia Research Fund, it was really, really powerful and life-changing to be able to, mm-hmm. to be in the same room at least at that time with people who, who understand, who truly get it. It's, it's something really, really powerful about that connection that we have. And Jack, the kind of planning that goes into an event like this must be immense. Uh, can you talk about how the planning committee was brought together and what kind of work goes into this? Absolutely. So the Nord planning committee was put together as a way to take all of the stakeholders that Nord is serving for this event and bring at least one representative from those different stakeholder groups together to meet about monthly um, leading up to the event, and we got together and discussed. You know, what are the what are the things that we need to address? What are some of the, the concerns that individuals in the rare disease community have, and how can Nord address those during the rare disease forum? Okay, and Rebecca, who are some of the speakers that will be attending the forum this year? So we have a star-studded lineup um, in this rare disease community of ours. 
you know, to the credit of the committee, we didn't shy away from some of the heavier topics that really align with the day-to-day realities of living with rare, serious, and chronic conditions. And so we have Blythe Lord, who is the founder and executive director of Courageous Parents Network, moderating a panel that will debunk the myths of palliative care. And they will discuss how palliative care is about the palliation of symptoms and about quality of life and how there are many misconceptions about it being confused with hospice care, which is Mm -hmm. just one component on the spectrum of palliative medicine and how palliative care is appropriate from day one of any serious or chronic diagnosis. Because grief and anticipatory grief take a lot of physical, mental, and emotional space, we are not tiptoeing around that. And uh, Maria Kafalis will be moderating a panel on grief and anticipatory grief at the forum. We also are hosting a session called Rare in the Family, which is all about how rare disease and especially genetic disorders affect the whole family, even generations of a family, which I know may resonate with Jack's experience. It certainly can. At least in, in my case with anemia. It is autosomal recessive. And so I'm actually the only one in my family that is medically affected by the disease. But of course, you know, the, the rest of my family and friends are also somewhat impacted in the sense that they love someone rare. That mm-hmm. they they love somebody who is affected by this disease. And therefore it kind of indirectly affects them. I know there are certainly other genetic diseases that are more dominant in nature where it does pass down from, let's say, a parent to their child. And it can be really, really tough. We also have um, psychologist Al Friedman, who is father to a young man living with rare disease. And he is sort of the Mr. Rogers of rare disease caregivers. And he will be leading a session with panelists sharing stories of resilience. And he is so warm and entirely present. And he always creates such a special experience for participants. We also have Dr. Marshall Summer, who will moderate a panel, including Dr. Wendy Chung from Columbia, Ewan Ashley from Stanford and PJ Brooks from the NIH. And those docs will discuss rare breakthroughs in research now and on the horizon. They will be at our closing plenary to leave all of us on a hopeful note. And I know you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, these different sessions and how there's going to be mindfulness exercises, things like that. Um, I know there's going to be sessions for participants to meet and discuss various aspects of the rare disease community. Uh, What are some of those topics that are going to be discussed, you know, ways that participants can help get involved in the program? Sure. So we are going to have discussion groups offered on Saturday and Sunday, and it's really a variety of topics. So um, we do have some special opportunities for parents to come together and talk about parenting a child with a rare disease and how that may or may not differ from parenting a healthy child. We also have opportunities for folks to talk about what it means to date 
and try to have relationships and especially romantic relationships um, when you're living with a serious or chronic condition and and when you might disclose that information if you choose to what dating looks like, especially for those who also are living with disabilities. Uh, we are having a special discussion group for rare men and Jack will actually be facilitating that session. Yes, I will be. And just to comment somewhat on the dating aspect as well. I, I do think that's a very interesting topic myself. You no. Know, very briefly, when I was 18, I signed myself up for online dating. And actually, a lot of those sites, their, their algorithms were programmed to remove the photos and the profiles of people who looked underage. So because I looked underage, even though I was 18 at the time, the, uh, the profiles were all removed. We also have um, discussion groups for um, folks who are dealing with rare despair and bereavement. It's really important that we acknowledge that um, a large segment of the rare disease community are bereaved. And it's very important to nor to create uh, space and community for them to participate for as long as, if, and when they're ready to do so. Mm -hmm. We also have groups for rare teens and rare young adults, which I think Jack is also an expert here. He's been a young adult navigating the world as a young adult while dealing with some medical complications. Um, and I think that that's a specific age group where you're kind of in the middle. You're in adulthood now. You maybe have transitioned to adult care from pediatric medicine. Mm -hmm. You're trying, you know, you may be or may not be living independently, but trying to navigate college or work, et cetera. Absolutely. It can be quite the, quite the time to navigate life, especially whether, while you're managing your, your healthcare part-time too. So a, yeah. a friend of mine with a rare disease likes to say we're professional patients at the same time. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. We, we've had a number of guests on the show that have talked about that transition from being primarily under your parents' care and then having to think about doing those things yourself and the challenges that can cause not, not only for the person who's living with the rare condition, but also their, their family as well, not having quite as much an active role as, as they used to. So um, it, it sounds great that you're going to be addressing that topic at the, uh, at, at the event. Yeah. And also, you know, there are folks like Jack who are, you know, seasoned in this. Like he knows, <laughs> he knows quite a lot by now. I've been around the world are, a few times. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are folks who really are truly just slammed with a new diagnosis, overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. They haven't found this new normal yet that we refer to so often. And so we really did ensure that there are um, some basic topics in our educational sessions about um, shared decision-making with your care team um, and how you are in, playing an active role in managing your health. And uh, we have sessions about how to advocate for yourself or a loved one, um, learning about insurance and prescription drug coverage, social security disability, patient assistance programs, um, and also some core sessions on how to find and connect with others living with your disease and how to fight 
back and fight forward through advocacy and how to become an advocate. And also, I think folks often don't know how to get involved in clinical research or how to ask about it if their own clinician hasn't brought it to their attention. And so I think we can clear up a lot of questions about how do I get involved in clinical trials or learn about clinical trials? Yeah, so it sounds like a, a bit of something there for, for everybody, a lot of good information. I, I did want to talk for a minute about the Rare Impact Awards, which are going to be presented on June 28th. Uh, can you explain for listeners who aren't familiar what the Rare Impact Awards are and why they're important? Yeah, so the Rare Impact Awards on that Monday evening are a celebration of individuals, groups, and companies who are making extraordinary strides on behalf of you know, millions of Americans living with rare diseases. So for our second year in a row, Nord will present the Rare Impact Awards as an online streaming event. And this celebration shares uplifting stories of advocates, sometimes even kids, industry innovators, patient advocacy groups, all doing incredible work in the rare disease community and bringing forth advancements um, in advocacy, treatment, care, and research. And it's a really fun, well-produced event. So the event will be emceed by uh, Dr. John White, who is the chief medical officer for WebMD. Really a, a wonderful MC. He emceed last year for the 2020 awards. And there are some surprises sprinkled throughout the presentations, such as musical performances and sometimes celebrity appearances. And every registration for the Living Rare, Living Stronger Patient and Family Forum uh, includes a ticket to attend the Rare Impact Awards free of charge. Okay. Right. And just switching gears a little bit for a second, Jack, as someone living with a rare condition, I was wondering if you could speak a little about why it's important to have rare patients involved in educational and advocacy events like this. So it's really, really important for a couple of reasons. One, it's it's really important to recognize those who have essentially chosen to not only manage their life situation, everything around them, but to also manage their healthcare. And then on top of that, to use their knowledge and their skills and their perseverance to to make a difference, to advocate, to fight on behalf of those who, who may no longer be able to or may feel like they are not able to. To be able to stand up for others, it's really incredible thing to do. And it's really important to be able to do this because kind of like we're going back to before is we need to make sure that everybody that is affected by a decision is at the table. And so let's say if there are uh, bills being passed by the house, we need advocates, we need health advocates, we need rare disease advocates to be able to to be there and say, look, we agree with this for the following reasons, or we don't agree with this for the following reasons. And we will stand up and we will fight on behalf of our community. 
That's a good point. And I, I was wondering, kind of going off that, if you could talk about some of your efforts in rare disease advocacy and how groups like Nord help out with that process. Sure. So the first thing I'll say is I was part of the Adult Patient Advisory Council for the last three years or so to the Fanconi Nemia Research Fund by uh, Rare Disease Patient Organization. Um, so I, I was able to advocate on behalf of my own rare disease community to that organization. Um, and that was really, really impactful. Um, the other thing is I've recently joined the Nord Rare Action Network, which is a coalition of rare disease advocates across the U.S. Um, in every state, all 50 states. And we advocate within our local state system, but also on the national level. And so I know they'll go to D.C. for an advocacy event. So I'm going to be taking a more active role in that. I've also just launched my own um, LLC business called Captain Marrow, where I'm going to be a essentially an, a professional superhero, where I'll be partnering with nonprofit organizations and businesses and families um, like Be The Match and Nord and et cetera. Um, to to really be out there as this this hope this this light this superhero as a representative of the heroes that that we all are in our own ways whether you're a patient whether you're a caregiver or whether you're another family member or a doctor we are all heroes in our own way and so I'm gonna be be out there advocating going to events and public speaking and it's it can be really really impactful i'm also going to be writing my own personal narratives through through comic books and and that'll be a way to to share not only my story but the stories of others like myself of our rare disease community on the patient's point of view be really impactful and I'm going to be launching a Kickstarter pretty soon to uh, to launch that and you can visit captainmero.com more information on that. Okay, maybe when the Kickstarter gets underway we'll have you back on the podcast to talk about that. I would absolutely love to. Uh, well, to recap, uh, the Living Rare, Living Stronger Nord Patient and Family Forum is on June 26th and 27th. Kickoff party is on the 25th. Uh, followed by the Rare Impact Awards on June 28th. Uh, Rebecca, where can people find out more information about the event? Definitely the Nord website, which is rarediseases.org. And we do have scholarship opportunities. So a ticket price to attend the forum for a patient or caregiver is $39. And scholarship applications are being accepted on a rolling basis through Friday, June 11th. So definitely complete a scholarship application if that would help you to be able to attend this event. Again, with registration comes a ticket to the Rare Impact Awards celebration on the 28th. And we also have scholarship opportunities for students, whether they're high school or college students, maybe studying something in a healthcare field or who are just advocates for rare disease, we do have um, scholarships for students available through June 11th as well. Okay, go ahead and get those applications in. 
For more information and to register for the Nord Patient and Family Forum, visit www.livingrare.org or the Nord website at rarediseases.org. And we'll also have a link to both of those websites in the show notes for this episode. Uh, Rebecca, Jack, I'd like to thank you once again for coming on the show today and also for helping to organize such a fantastic event for the rare community. Thanks so much for having us. We hope to see all of you there. Likewise. Thank you. Okay. And if you'd like to keep up with the latest in rare disease news, remember to visit www.patientworthy.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for Patientworthy on those platforms. A big shout out to the listeners who have been leaving reviews on their favorite podcasting platforms. It might seem like a small thing, but it really does help the podcast grow. And if you'd like to let us know what you think of the show, or if you have any ideas for upcoming episodes, you can always drop me a line at colby at patientworthy.com. That does it for today's episode. Uh, Once again, I'd like to thank Rebecca and Jack for coming on. And as always, thank you for listening. 